Well, good morning and happy Valentine's Day. Shall we pray the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I've chosen Matthew 10 as my scripture for today and selected the title of Chosen and Sent Forth. And as we read in Matthew chapter 10, we find the names of the 12 disciples. And I'd like to take a look at these men Christ chose and sent forth to win souls for the, the kingdom of God. <clears throat> I don't know how and why Jesus selected 12 men, perhaps symbolizing the 12 tribes of Israel. I do know in Matthew 19, Peter asked, what shall we have for following thee? And Jesus said, when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, he also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. I don't know about you, but I don't think I would have selected fishermen, tax collector, a zealot, to send forth to proclaim the message of salvation to a lost and dying world. But then... I don't think I'd have chosen me either. Andrew, a fisherman, was a follower of John the Baptist, and when he met Jesus, he spent the day with him. And you know what he did that after meeting Jesus? Andrew first went and found his brother, Simon Peter, and said, We have found the Messiah, which is interpreted the Christ. It was also Andrew who found the lad with the five loaves and two fish, brought them to Jesus, and Jesus then fed 5,000 men plus women and children. James and John were both fishermen. Peter, a fisherman, was born leader and natural spokesman, always quick to speak, the rock. Yet sometimes he put his foot in his mouth, didn't he? Thomas is generally called the doubter. I'm a Thomas. Because after Christ's resurrection and Jesus had met up with the disciples and Thomas wasn't there, Thomas said, unless I see the hand, his hands with the marks of the nails and place my hand into the side, his side, I will never believe it was the Christ whom they had seen. You know, Christ wants to give us every opportunity to believe that he is the Christ. Eight days later, the disciples were together and Thomas was with them. And I might add, the doors were locked. And Jesus came and stood amongst them and said, Thomas, put your fingers here and see my hands 
and put out your hand and put it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered, My Lord and my God. Have you proclaimed, My Lord and my God? Matthew, a Jew, but a tax collector for the Roman government, he was hated by both the Jews and the Romans. I don't know about you, but I'm not fond of tax collectors. Why, I just received my real estate tax for this year, and mine went up 25%. I haven't done any improvements on my property. I've been in it for 27 years. But they said it's worth more money on paper, so every tax levy went up. Even though Matthias was, or Matthew was a tax collector, Jesus was willing to relate to him. So Jesus chose him to spread the good news. John wrote several books of the Bible. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, Jesus saw his mother there, and Jesus said to John, Here is your mother, and John took her into his home to live after Christ was crucified. Philip was an earnest inquirer. Bartholomew was often identified with Nathaniel. Judas, not Iscariot, is known only by one single remark to Jesus. Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Of course, Jesus Iscariot betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Have you betrayed Jesus for anything? When he saw that Jesus was condemned, he went away and hanged himself. Matthias was then selected by the 11 disciples to take Judas's place after Christ's resurrection. In 10.5, Jesus had 12 unique men chosen to be with him to go forth to proclaim the message of redeeming grace to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He said, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans but go only to the Hebrew people. In 1022, Jesus said, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end shall be saved. 1028, Jesus goes on to say, Fear not them which kill the body, but are able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. First, we want to remember that God does not send anyone to hell. He has provided a way for us sinners to have eternal life with him through his sinless son, Jesus Christ. He was willing to send him to that cross with yours and my sins upon him. Who was, if you think about what he went through for my sins and your sins, 
how he was beaten. Sped upon, had a crown of thorns jammed down on his head, nailed to that cross, hung there and suffered and died in our place. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, we read, I, Paul, declaring to you the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, that if we simply believe or have faith that Jesus is a God's son, that he was crucified, he was buried, he rose on the third day, he ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of God the Father, interceding for you and I, his blood covering our sins, that we can be righteous and that we can be have fellowship with God, for God cannot look upon sin. And we will have eternal life with him. Faith plus nothing is our salvation. If it took anything else, baptism, tithing, you name it. If it took anything else besides Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, Christ went through all that for no reason. So faith plus nothing is our salvation. Faith plus works, which God gives us work to do, is for our rewards and crowns when we're with him in heaven. 1030, you are so important to God that he knows the number of hairs on your head. Fortunately, I still have them. Some don't. My, my son even has very few. You are so important to God that he knows the number of hairs on your head. I think I said that. Whoever will confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever denieth me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. 1034 through 37, we see Jesus speaking. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The dictionary says at variance is a condition and a disagreement, a differing, conflicting. What is Jesus saying to us then? Is he saying he wants us to be in disagreement and conflict with our loved ones? If we love the Lord and our household doesn't know Jesus as their Lord, then there are a, we are in a condition of disagreement and conflict. God doesn't desire that there be discord in our homes, on their job, at play. But we have to take a stand and stand on the God's word. So if our loved ones don't love the Lord, there's discord. 1038, he said that not his cross, uh, taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. 
Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you have failed to take up your cross and follow him, making him Lord, resisting the way of the world? You know, we looked at the 12 disciples, and in all the scriptures, we don't find much information about many of the disciples, but yet they all were very important to the furthering of God's kingdom. Andrew first went and found his brother Peter, said, we have found a Messiah. And yet we hardly know anything else about Andrew compared to what we know about Peter. Andrew didn't get envious or jealous of Peter. Andrew continued to carry his cross, and he found a boy with five loaves and two fish. And Christ was able to feed 5,000 men plus women and children. Maybe Andrew's main cross was to win Peter to the Lord. Maybe we just have to invite our neighbors to meet the Lord. Doesn't have to be big assignments if we just follow what the Lord puts before us. I'd like to share with you a little bit about my testimony. In 1974, as I was transferred from Portsmouth, Ohio to Lancaster with the company I worked for, and Janet and I found a little old farmhouse to rent. Property was very hard at that time to find a rental. And, uh, of course, the little farmhouse was fine to me. I was raised in one. But as we moved into that little farmhouse, we had uh, lived there very long. And a young lady who actually, their home was on the other road, but their farm backed up against the 35 acres that we was living on. And you know what that neighbor did? She drug her children through the woods. I can still see her today, her and her children, coming up there to talk to us and introduce themselves. But you know what else she did? She invited us to go to church with her. Well, praise the Lord that uh, we started attending. We had a wonderful pastor who preached the word. And Sunday after Sunday, God's Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart. And I would simply walk out many times crying. Just couldn't say, come in, Lord. There was also in Stoutsville, Ohio, some of you may be familiar with the camp meetings that go on in Stoutsville for two weeks every summer. Many churches from the Newark area, I know, attended it, but our church sent the youth there, and many of the adults would attend it. And I had went there uh, with the church and 
They had two services, an afternoon and an evening service. John Maxwell, who many of you may have heard of him, uh, was a young preacher at a faith memorial there in Lancaster. He was one of the two evangelist speakers at Stoutsville that year. And uh, I don't know, John, when he was there at Faith Memorial, his church canvassed the whole city area of Lancaster, inviting people to church and sharing the gospel. John went and then went out west to California and uh, grew quite a church out there. But he was speaking that night of July 29th, 1975. And his message that night was on Revelations 3.20. I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens that door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. I don't know if you've noticed the picture of Christ knocking on the door, but that door does not have a doorknob on the outside. Christ will not open that door and come into your heart. For a year, I sat there and heard the word, but I would not open the door to my heart and ask him in. Well, that night was no different. The message was over. Everybody was leaving. I was outside the tabernacle in tears. Bunny, the neighbor who invited us to church, husband, Terry, come up to me. Asked me, Tom, would you like to go up in the altar and pray? I thanked him and said, no, I was just going home. But praise the Lord. We got home. I took my Bible. I got on my knees beside my bed. And I continued to read scriptures and pray. Till I don't know when in the morning, but the Holy Spirit finally showed me I just need to say yes Lord come in July 30th 1975 45 years ago I accepted Christ I've been active in ministries in my churches and the Gideon's International placing Bibles in hands of men and women boys and girls around the world these 45 years since Christ came in I was a lay speaker and spoke in many churches and denominations, filling the pulpit for pastors. Give many Gideon reports of what God is doing through the Gideon ministry around the world. But you know what? I retired several years ago from my business. It's my shame and disgrace. I've kind of set back these latter years and let those around me do the work God had for me to do. Many rewards and many crowns I've missed out on. How many souls are lost because I didn't stay busy? 
sharing the gospel with them. Or just inviting them to come to church. It's nothing, something big that we have to do. God used that one invitation that I've came to the Lord. My wife came to the Lord. Our children come to the Lord. And praise the God, many of our grandchildren. And I'm looking forward to our great-grandchildren now, 15 of them, that <laughs> uh, the oldest one's 12. And I believe he has even accepted the Lord. I think as he's 13 now, he's getting older too fast. But I'm looking forward to each of them coming to know the Lord. Pastor Doug had retired from a business after many years of pastoring a church. He retired from that. But you know, Pastor Doug never retired from serving the Lord. He was very busy to the end. And many souls are saved because of his ministry. How about you? Have you retired from work that God has put before you? Are you staying busy in God's work? I'm not pointing a finger at anybody because you know when you point your finger at somebody, three's coming back at, right at you. So I don't point my finger. I just simply ask the question, have you retired? Maybe you're listening by radio or sitting here. And the Lord is saying to you, come out of retirement. Maybe you're not a Christian. You want to have peace in your heart and soul and mind and have eternal life with God. Just open the door to your heart and invite him in. God has chosen everyone to be saved. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is patient towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is, all should come to repentance. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Anybody who should believeth in him should not perish. His Holy Spirit makes himself known to every heart, but we have to open that door and invite him in. Romans 10, 9 and 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth Jesus is our Lord, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Remember earlier I shared in Matthew ten thirty two that Jesus said, Whosoever is willing, whoever will confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. You must receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Take up your cross and follow him. Jesus didn't say, Go ye therefore 
teaching all nations of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost until you are 65 years old and then retire. Last week, John and I was talking about the message for today, and I said to him, my message isn't a Valentine's Day message of the heart-shaped boxes of candy and love. But then I was wrong. The message today is a heart message of love. We have to open the doors of our heart to have Christ to come in. Like the 12 disciples, we have been chosen and sent forth to share the risen Savior. Shall we pray? Father, be with us as we go throughout this week sharing the gospel. And I'd just like to lift up, Father, our prayer needs here that we have. Guidance and wisdom for the elders as we search for our pastor for CCN. And of course, bless Mitzi and be with her, Lord this special day of hers, Valentine's baby, the future of our country, God's continued guidance and provision and protection of Calvary Chapel, Newark, our outreach ministries, Israel, Christians being persecuted throughout the world, Father, we are so fortunate and blessed here in the United States. And as hairy as things seem to be getting for our freedoms, we still are the freest people on earth. So help us, Father, to be ready to take a stand for you, Lord. We do not know what is ahead. You do, but we don't, Lord. So help us to hold on to you, Father, and be willing to go forth. It may be that our life will be put on the line for our faith. Help us, Father, to be faithful, to bear the cross that you put before us. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen.